Hello, welcome to Two and a Half Britney Stands. I am Sophie Hall. And I am Senman Pereja. And I'm Jeffrey Lee. So, what do you guys, do you remember the first time you learned who Britney Spears was? Definitely, yes. Or is, sorry, yes. I don't know why I'm speaking <laughs> past tense. Who Britney Spears is. Who Britney Spears is, yes. So, my first real memory of Britney Spears was actually on Glee. I'm really outing myself as a theater kid here, but I was very obsessed with Glee when I was in middle school. And there's a character in Glee who's obsessed with Britney Spears. And so, I think because I was younger and I didn't really have access to the media about Britney Spears directly, I was seeing this TV show that was talking about kind of Britney's what they called like a downfall and they were perpetuating it in the show with this character named Britney S. Pierce. So they were kind of mimicking her what they called like a train wreck. So essentially my first real memory of her was about problems with her rather than the prior success that she had before I was born as someone who was born in 2002. So kind of our generation this 20 year olds and young people in university right now grew up and in our conscious brains, her life was already taking a turn for what was considered the worst and kind of bringing her into this conservatorship. For me, oppositely, I wasn't exposed to Britney's quote unquote problems actually at a very early age. My parents had bought the DVD version of her Dream Within a Dream tour in 2001. And they had openly told me that that was like their favorite concert to watch ever. And they keep, they love it so much that they kept like playing it over and over again. Like it's like movie night all the time. And I, you know, would just always be there with them and watch. And I absolutely fell in love with her, her charisma, her stage presence, and that's where the obsession began. <laughs> it like got to the point where my parents would hide the DVD so that uh, I can't find it because I always would want to watch it, even though they don't want to watch it. Growing up, I rediscovered Britney in high school where... I was quarantined, had nothing to do. So I went ahead and looked up tutorials for her popular choreographies because I have nothing else to do with my time. And it was also around that time, 2020, when the Free Britney movement was gaining traction. And so while learning her choreography, I also you know, took that opportunity to like dive deeper into her situation 2007 but then like how that connects to the conservatorship and just how society has screwed Brittany over and over again and we will be getting into that today yeah absolutely and my first time hearing about Britney Spears was watching Austin Powers when she shot bullets from her bra. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was not that was not actually the first time I heard of Britney. But uh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> we would kick you out. <laughs> I I don't remember exactly the first time I heard about Britney. I just remember knowing that there is this giant megastar out there whose name is Britney, and I remember distinctly having heard the very iconic opening i don't know what you call it but you guys are, are music mm. people like the uh, opening line or the intro into toxic oh which i guess we'll play right here 
There we are. <laughs> Musical cues. Amazing. Uh, I remember very recently bringing her like this this topic of Britney up to my parents because I was playing a couple of Britney songs on my on my Amazon Alexa over Thanksgiving break and my I'm parents so were like oh thank you <laughs> my parents were like what are you doing and I'm like this is a research for one of my classes because the impression that they had of Britney was still of she's her mental health is not great she is this person who became a star too soon and and that was one of the you know she let fame get to her head and and mess her up and and whatnot and this this very you know i guess like misinformed view of of britney her upbringing and where she is now which i think is a perfect segue to jump into you know britney's early life and we'll we'll kick it off to senwin all right so britney 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 Debuted in 1999 with Baby One More Time. And from there, just in the years following, had continually established herself as like a global phenomenon. And I think it's also important to note that Britney, from the get-go, has had star potential. She can sing. She can dance. Hell, like later in her career, she tried acting. And, you know, she definitely was beloved by the public. And going into kind of like her personal relationships while being in the public eye, she got into a relationship with former Disney co-star Justin Timberlake, who is also known for his membership in the no longer existing NSYNC. (laughs) 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 Real quick, before we move on any further, how old was Britney when she came out with Hit Me Baby one more time? 16. 16, all right. And do you think that early fame had an impact on her? I would say, no, it's not really like an impact on her. Starting out at 16, you know, it's definitely a lot of pressure, a lot of needing to be loved by the public in order to continue her rise to stardom. But if we think about that era and that time, her image as a 16-year-old girl was definitely something that caught the public eye. She was loved for, but it's also, this was as early as Hit Me Baby One More Time she had already started to be criticized for her image being that 16 year old girl that's supposed to be innocent that's supposed to abide by societal standards and you know since that time she had already been battling those views of her just with how she presents herself and just how outspoken she is in like interviews and media. Thinking about Hit Me Baby One More Time makes me think of the music video. Mm-hmm. With the music video, I think it's a great example of how she was both infantilized and sexualized all throughout her career, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That kind of led her down this path. So thinking about the music video... She 
wears this costume that's like a sexy schoolgirl, and we talked about how she was 16 when it was made. So not only is it putting her in this role of being a young woman and placing her, keeping her in that role and infantilizing her, and oftentimes like her promo was very like pink and sparkly, and it was all very girly and and childlike. But at the same time, she was being extremely sexualized by both the media and the content that she was producing. I think that's just one example of how the media and how the popularity of that kind of thing has added to this. I want to delve into that a little bit more before we move on, because we did read an article in class that put the blame, some of the blame of the infantilization and sexualization of a young Britney Spears on herself. First of all, Hit Me Baby One More Time is a very sexually provocative song, especially for a 16 year old, right? And do we know for a fact that she wasn't the one who picked out that controversial outfit or was it was it something that someone forced her to wear? Yeah. So if you look at some old interviews, especially with Brittany herself, she would say that the original concept for the Baby One More Time debut video was not what it was. It was supposed to be like this sort of cartoon, like anime music video and she would outright say that she wasn't feeling it and she also would take credit for um, like changing the concept to like a school which is more relatable to her targeted demographics and it was also according to her her idea to create the iconic schoolgirl outfit like with the tied up shirt and everything yeah i mean the media has amplified her sexualization to an extreme extent especially when she was a child and yet that's also what they criticize her for very intensely so it's just very contradictive contradictory since those ideas go head to head yeah, I can see that. And that kind of came to a head, I think, in one of the clips that was also played in class uh, when with Justin Timberlake. And that clip was when Justin Timberlake was on a podcast, very much like this one. And there was a guy who asked him, basically, did you take Britney Spears' virginity? Which is a very weird question that anyone can be asked. Yeah. And when Timberlake nodded or something like that to the affirmative, there was a kind of celebratory reaction. Justin Timberlake is in the house. And I just want to ask you one question. Did you Britney Spears? (laughs) Yes or no? Oh, man. Come on, man. Okay, I did it. And you can kind of compare that to when Britney was asked the same question or like the question of sex before marriage or something also weird like that she had to be very very careful with her answer i'm just wondering um, how you feel about all the constant speculation about your virginity and whether you are a virgin or not <laughs> i really wish i would have never said anything to begin with because i'm kind of stuck in this little place where people are always asking me but um you know that's just something that's part of growing up and that's just something that we all have to deal with so have there been any changes on that front? <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal question. And I think this kind of not only goes into the difference in media scrutiny between male and female stars, but also 
just kind of weird male and female kind of like the expectations are different yeah in the sense that one thing was celebrated Mm -hmm. and like you know the dude was very open about it and in the other case the woman had to be very careful because maybe like one it's it's super private too like maybe maybe her future is on stake her whole brand depends on on this kind of innocence and admitting that you know that you had sex would take away that innocence and cause you to lose fans and whatnot so this was something that Justin could kind of have like bounce off him while Brittany couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was seen as the guilty party when he kind of got away scot free. It reminds me of so Justin Timberlake has been a bit of an extreme term, but I would say a repeat offender in this kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the only time he's gotten away with something like this. For example, the Super Bowl in 2004. Something in that Super Bowl is often referred to as Nipplegate, which as the main performer, Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake performed together. And there was a surprise reveal at the end where Justin Timberlake revealed Janet Jackson's bedazzled nipple in front of millions of people, billions of people, if you include the people watching on television. So... Janet Jackson ended up taking the fall for this because there was some sort of reveal involved in the original choreography plan. But it is just it is on Justin that he kind of revealed this whole like something very private, a very private part of her body that was not intended to be completely exposed. So she had a lot of repercussions like her music was banned she had to release like very extreme apology videos which we've watched my decision to uh, change the super bowl performance was actually made after the final rehearsal mtv cbs the nfl had no knowledge of this whatsoever and unfortunately the whole thing went wrong in the end i am really sorry If I offended anyone, that was truly not my intention. And so essentially she completely took the fall for this and he was not blamed at all, which just really shows that if this is a repeating action of Justin Timberlake's, that how is the media kind of putting this pressure and putting this blame on women time and time again, when especially in this specific instance, it's so easy to see that this one person is perpetuating this harm over and over again. Yeah, like Sophie mentioned, Janet's music was blacklisted. And, you know, in the years leading up to the Super Bowl performance, Janet was beloved by the media and by society. But, and I think it's important to also recognize that Janet's music has, like from the beginning, been controversial in the fact that it has been like, more sexual but you know society loved that but after this happened and janet you know released demi the joe which was you can say is arguably more sexual than her previous work but it's in the same realm it was absolutely like like people did not enjoy that but it's weird to think like why that is because they did previously when you know nothing was going on with Janet but now that her femininity and her as a person was kind of tarnished society like realizes that they no longer have control of her they only like her when they know 
that they have, like, I'm saying they, as in, like, society. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, when they don't have, or when they have control over her, which I Mm -hmm. feel like could be the same of Britney. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So I think that there was a change. You'll have to correct me on the time, maybe like somewhere in the, the early, the mid 2000s or something along that when the public perception of Britney or the coverage of Britney changed from this bright news future star into someone who's not well. There was this shift from all this positive coverage to these incidents that came out. For instance, she was seen attacking a paparazzi with an umbrella. At one point, she shaved her head. And there was a, a particular VMA performance that you introduced me to that I think I think you had some thoughts on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 2007. Wow. That was the year for Britney. Leaving off of where Justin kind of left her, she had, I, would, I wouldn't say like she had trouble gaining back that status and superstar ability. But I do think that, you know, while she did take a dip, like people were still buying her music. She was still like at the top. And it was around, I believe, 2004 when she met Kevin Federline, who she fell in love with, got married, I believe, that same year. And currently has two children with him and you know Brittany has expressed in these interviews before then that all she kind of wants is like a family when she's willing to take a step back from all the fame and stuff to just focus on like personal family life and she got that in 2005 2006 but the media was all over her despite her taking a break from like music they went on to criticize her role as a mother i haven't shown you the different covers that came out which were like a shot of britney almost quote unquote like dropping her baby after tripping or pictures of britney driving the car and her baby on her lap things like that the media was like that's not what a mother should do and what you're doing is bad parenting there is another interview i believe in 2006 where an interviewer came into britney's house and interviewed her about her family life and one of like the final things that britney said was she wants the media to leave her alone is that one of your biggest wishes Okay. I would like for them to leave me alone. Like she's always wanted that, but even more so now because she has children and because like, you know, people forget that she's a person. And like shortly after that, it was revealed that Brittany and Kevin were going to get a divorce. And with that came like the issue of the custody battle for her two children. And It was also around that same time where paparazzi was following her everywhere, getting like fast food at restaurants, going to Starbucks, you know, like these 
daily things that we on social media these days see celebrities doing, I think it's important to recognize that in 2007, when the paparazzi was doing this for Britney, it was like a, a big deal. And to the incidents that Jeffrey was referring to with like the attacking of the umbrella and hand in hand with that comes the head shaving incident as they called it like these pictures that were captured of her captured her in the moment of vulnerability vulnerability exactly and from the moment she stepped into the music industry has been under constant constant pressure and you know when someone like all of us as humans like cannot handle like that amount of pressure and i think it's important to recognize that while britney is a celebrity she is also a person but when all of that was happening the media did not focus on Britney as a person. Britney is vulnerable. Like, we should, like, step out. They were more focused on Britney's breaking down. Britney is losing her, like, stardom qualities. And then there comes the picture of Britney is crazy, which this also, like, goes hand in hand with, like, at the time the VMA performance as I showed Jeffrey a couple of days ago. While fans do look back at that VMA performance and is like, that was like so iconic. If you're looking for trouble, How she did that, you know, her performance has, even under all that extreme pressure in that time, has, like, transcended, like, the performances of, like, today's artists, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's also important to recognize that that performance, while it does stick in people's minds, and that's the only one that people remember from the VMAs of that year, it was, again, a show of how vulnerable Britney is or or was at the time. She was heavily criticized for mm-hmm. that performance, especially um, her weight was heavily commented on after the fact. Yes. And adding on to that in regards to the performance, like recently, I think early this year, rehearsal videos were released like for that performance. And, you know, from the videos, one can see that Britney from the beginning like did not want to be there. She had no interest in performing that night, which leads to the question of, you know, so then why did she? Because her label is probably forcing her to in that Britney image, disregarding the fact that she had been through a lot and she has expressed multiple times that she wanted a break. Yeah. I think that's like one of going back a little bit. I think that's one of the many things wrong with having paparazzi type of news because you find out very quickly that to sell 
these paparazzi news about celebrities sort of thing, you're, you're going to sell the most when you when you find celebrities embroiled in some controversy. And that just happened to be all the paparazzi's target back in the 2000s. But I wanted to go back really quickly. I was really interested in like, if you were to, Sophie, if you were to pinpoint at at, at like a specific event or a specific time, what changed? What was the event that caused all this positive, glowing coverage of Britney into more negative? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that head shaving occurred before the umbrella incident. And I think that that was really a huge pivotal moment. And it's especially a pivotal moment as Britney is not an unintelligent human being. Britney is a very intelligent person who, even though her agency was taken away from her for much of her life, had very comprehensive thoughts as any adult human has. So her choice to shave her head wasn't necessarily a going crazy moment. It was a distinct choice of hers to kind of take control on her life and take away something that to her represented perfection and innocence and beauty and all these things that the media and society expects of her. So it was a very distinct choice. But of course, because it was so extreme, it became the starting point for the media kind of turning on her and turning on this image of her. Gotcha. For sure. Okay. And now we get to after all these sort of sort of concerning things hit attacking the paparazzi with an umbrella shaving her head the heavily criticized vma performance we kind of go into february 2008 which is the starting point of the conservatorship does anyone want to give us a quick review on what a conservatorship is yeah a conservatorship the thing about a conservatorship is we've well that's a generalization but many of us have heard about britney's conservatorship and even if we don't know what it is have heard about the recent trial and kind of the occurrences that have been happening in the last like five years. But a conservatorship is actually typically used for adults who are unable to care for themselves. So whether that means certain disabilities or certain elderly age essentially means that there's another person caring for them because they're unable to care for themselves. So Brittany's experience and her conservatorship is a very very specific situation because not only is she a competent human being who is able-bodied and very privileged in the way that she is able to care for herself, she's also able to make her own money and she's proved that time and time again with her countless success. So why is it that she has had this conservatorship when that's not a very, not a very common thing for someone like that? Yeah, absolutely. And under the conservatorship, she was a judge on X Factor. She had a show in Vegas and she released an album, which are three things that people under conservatorships, to say the very least, typically don't do. So do we know the circumstances of how this conservatorship came to be? Yes. So before the February 2008, when the conservatorship was announced, I believe the justification for it at the time was following an event that happened at Britney's house where, you know, at the time people didn't know what was like actually going on, but it was said that Britney had locked herself in the in the room in her house with her two children. And then like, you know, an ambulance later came, drove up and Britney was escorted out of her house on a stretcher. And that, again, like the head shaving incident, like the umbrella incident, 
um, was heavily publicized. And so, you know, further reinforcing that Britney is crazy idea. And, you know, her father <laughs> was the one listed as her sole, like, her main conservator. Jamie Spears, unlike the rest of Britney's, like, other family members, while Britney had, I think, when Britney debuted and then while she was establishing herself as a celebrity, Jamie, her father, has been absent regarding a lot of that period. And, you know, one would say that in the years following her debut, like, you know, she was definitely closer with her mom. And so it's really interesting to think about why Jamie all of a sudden shows up at Britney's like most vulnerable point in life and decides to quote unquote like take care of her with this conservatorship and you know people at the time didn't like bat an eye at that like they were like oh her father's coming in wants to help Britney and you know I you know people can say maybe he did because like Right, following the conservatorship being announced, Britney has re- is like releasing a new album. Britney is going on tour, so fans can see her well. But then behind the scenes, it's like yes, like the conservatorship gave fans like what they wanted, which is just more Britney. But it also like disregarded again, her sense of privacy in her like personal life and just kept working her. Didn't give her what she wanted as a human being with rights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and by all accounts, the conservatorship was very restrictive. According to, to Isn't her... is there something with soda? Yeah, yeah, apparently there was there was a bunch of like arbitrary rules where she wasn't able to have soda. And this is according to fellow singer Iggy Azalea. She wasn't able to have a phone. She couldn't drive herself anywhere. She couldn't decide whether or not she wanted kids. She couldn't go to the doctor to get her IUD removed. So if the conservatorship was the wrong way to go, what do you guys believe would have been the right way to treat to get Britney help at this stage in her life? I mean, she was clearly feeling a lot of pressure. And I think with the kind of resources that she had, instead of someone having agency over her and having control over her, she could have been offered so many mental health resources. I mean, like I said, like as a wealthy woman, she's incredibly privileged to have access to those resources. And I think that the fact that that wasn't the first thing that was gone to like mental health resources or rehab or therapy any anything like that shows the expectation because if they believed that she could get better they being her conservators her just the society as a whole that's putting this pressure on her but if they believed that she could get better and if there was capability for that then they would have offered those things but because they didn't that's when they took control so it's a kind of a bigger question of what is thought of women, what women are capable of and what that is thought of. So 
the fact that her agency was completely taken away just kind of shows that they didn't even see this capability. And of course, that's a generalization, women in general, but kind of this blame on women in the media is shown time and time and again with Monica Lewinsky and Janet Jackson, as we already discussed, to kind of allude to the fact that this is a recurring issue and ultimately a feminist issue. Not to bring it there, but... (laughs) So what does this mean for future artists and young, especially young emerging female artists in our industry? I mean, there's been an influx of of young artists. Notably, we have Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo. But with these also very young female artists coming quickly into the public eye, like what does what does this mean for them? Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit scary. It's definitely terrifying looking at kind of the trajectory of these young women and their placement in the media. We've seen Billie Eilish be criticized for her body and the way she dresses and then be criticized for changing the way she dresses as she kind of turned from dressing very in very oversized clothes so that people would not look at her body. And then once she turned 18, she started to wear things that she wanted no matter what. And either way, she was criticized, kind of as Britney was criticized in both ways. And Olivia Rodrigo has also been criticized for her more sexualization after being a Disney star as her starting moment. So it's hard to see that this is still continuing. But my hope is that with the recent conservatorship trial we can at least see that the agency is necessary for women to be able to make their own decisions, even if the media does not see them as the right decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And leading up to that that conservatorship trial, this is where I, I first began to know more of Britney. And this was before the trial, but I noticed that there was a lot of media attention on her Instagram posts where she was posting videos of her dancing to to some videos. And then there was a lot of conspiracy theories going on. You think you can and like, you know, there was there was even more further concerns on her on her mental health. Senwin, do you think you can demystify that for us? Sure. I just want to put out there that Brittany is not the only one who dances alone in their <laughs> living room. That's basically all I did during quarantine. And I still do it just for the sake of doing it. So like, you know, things like that, like I am so intrigued by why like normal things like that, that if Britney does it is blown out of proportion and like, you know, with her Instagram posts, I believe she mentioned in one of them that like it's her way of kind of just like processing everything especially like following like the termination of the conservatorship it's really like again she's been silenced for 13 years and now she's finally free to speak her mind and the outlet that she just so chooses is social media which you know everyone has access to social media not everyone will like what everyone has to say on social media and I do think that's a big part of it. Also in regards to her Instagram posts, the ones that are like still being like criticized and questioned by like so-called fans who are worried about her are like her semi-nude photos. And I think, you know, it's important to bring back like, what do we know about Britney's career? 16 year we've said this multiple times 16 years old 
heavily sexualized and society was okay with it. And then, you know, when Brittany matured into like her 20s, she learned how to take control of like her, her image as the way she wants it. And then when the conservatorship began, like the Britney image, you know, the famous Britney, like female empowerment, like image of her was like heavily commercialized. But then now when she's out of the conservatorship, finally has control over her decisions again, it's like, it's mind boggling to, to wonder why she's not allowed to, again, like reclaim her sexuality as a woman. And again, well, like it's 2007, just modernized where Brittany does something and automatically people think, yeah, so she's going crazy again. She needs to be put back into the conservatorship. And like that statement itself is so scary to me uh, because why does someone, like the implication of someone like dealing with like mental illness, uh, like why is that justification enough for their rights to be stripped away? Absolutely. And like those, those Instagram posts, like I eat them up and like the comments, I just like, I really (laughs) hope Brittany doesn't read these, but you know, she has like shown that she does. And like, she constantly is like, I don't give a like all of you who like think like that, which, you know, is a very like pro like move on her part but it's also sad to think about she has had to deal with this for more than 13 years her entire career and she still had she's still dealing with it and like again 2007 2006 her children were brought into the picture recently instigated by Kevin Federline but the media i guess like I was relieved to see that when Kevin Featherline like brought their children back into this whole like situation trying to turn everyone against Britney, I was relieved to see that the media attention like more so sided with Britney mm-hmm. against Kevin, which you know you could say is progress, but is also like pretty minimal. Very, very minimal compared to like the whole Britney is crazy narrative that everyone like I guess has ingrained into their bodies that they just Britney does something it just all goes back to that so I do have to ask Instagram comments aside you don't find those semi-nude photos or like her getting into you know like social media fights with her sister or like her kids like concerning As a super fan, right? Okay. As a super fan. You can tell who's the half fan. (laughs) While, you know, while Britney is engaging in like these, I guess you can say like unorthodox like things, like getting into fights with her family on Instagram or like calling out like people that didn't 
support her during the conservatorship. What I see a lot of people saying about that is, Brittany, why do you have to bring it out into the media? This is a, obviously a personal matter. Why don't you just keep it within yourselves, within your family? But, you know, like if you think, if you really think about it, that is exactly what she has been dealing with those 13 years. Everything had to be dealt with privately. Everything that she like had to say was, you know, not known by anyone else. And so like no one else can help her. And so like the whole like action of bringing it to the media, I think it's just like her way of continuing to re- to tell her story and reveal like all of the terrible things that her family did to her that, you know, because no one was aware of outside of Britney's like close circle and the conservatorship itself, like now that can finally come to light and they can be hopefully like a- held accountable for their actions and inaction. So I guess it seems like at the very least, Britney's life will never be boring. I think in her most recent marriage, her ex-husband tried to break in. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Try to break into the wedding, but I guess only time will tell. I mean, we all hope that she goes back to producing music that's that's well-loved by everyone. I think we all can agree that the media had a pretty sinister role in all this, in her mental health and trying to bring her down. And now that now that she's she's hopefully... She, she has control over her social media. She has control over her life. Hopefully things can become more normal and she can choose the parts of her, her life that she wants to show, you know, to the world. I do have a final thought. Do we have time for that? <laughs> might as well. Might as well. Okay. Again, as a super fan, well, I do want to attend like one Britney concert in real life. And I do like want her to officially like come back to producing music. You know, she had like earlier this year released like a new single with Elton John which you know all the Britney fans like you know when she released it it's like oh she's coming back like it's time it's gonna save pop music but then they turned like against Britney when like they realized oh why aren't you promoting it you know like see this is why you won't be able to make it back into the music Dude, industry. Where are all these fake because... fans coming from? <laughs> there, there are a lot of them. They're quarter fans. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I would argue. I would argue they aren't even fans at all. It is important to recognize then that while Britney, you know, released that single, she also said it was like very hard for her to like rediscover her passion for music and really releasing that song was for her not much for her fans but yeah i mean like like jeffrey said britney's life is is never gonna be boring and i hope y'all don't hate me when i say (laughs) this but it is very very much like her 2009 six studio album a circus. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a perfect way to end on. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Two and a Half Britney Stands. Again, I am Sophie Hall. I am Simon Pereja. And I'm Jeffrey Lee.